because of this movie, before we do anything, I wanted to first honor um, really the person who I think should be the patron saint. I wanted to, us to all remember together this. Rides were long and the enthusiasm was high among voters at Fenway Park this weekend. I want to go to Fenway because we've all been outside for a little bit and I got my junkies and I'm ready to vote for Joe Biden, but I wish I was voting for Bernie Sanders. But it's a team sport. An icon. A legend. Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. And I'm Allison Gilbert. And you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and TikTok at hold up podcast. And you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash hold up where we have bonus episodes and there's going to be a holiday movie bracket that we're going to make. And we have lots of fun and we get drunk when we record the episode. So they're unhinged. We are sober right now. I think that I think people might be confused and that's important to say. We aren't, are usually not when we record the Patreon. Carrie, what did we watch this week? This week, we watched Fever Pitch, which came out in 2005 and stars Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon, two people who have fallen out of uh, favor in the past couple of weeks. Should we always do our movies based with stars who are currently going through some sort of public turmoil? Like, was last week the week to do No Strings Attached, uh whatever the other fucking Mila Kunis one I will say those two and I say this as a, a proud WGA member who would happily pick a Drew Barrymore show if I was in New York Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher way deeper shit yeah listen I I feel but I'm just like saying like, should we do our movies based on what celebrities are going through some sort of PR turmoil well, first of all, I feel like the celebrities are like particularly bad at PR right now. I feel like it's the early days of COVID where like we they're are, bored. I'm actually surprised we haven't gotten a like since the actors went on strike that we haven't gotten an Imagine video. Yes. Yes. I feel like the celebrities are bored, much like the early days of COVID. And so we're getting like their craziest fucking antics. And which is fair. It's rough. I will, I do want to express how bleak it is out here. <laughs> dark but, and like i don't We're know all if, like, suffering the pr folks are all like in solidarity are also on strike but like some choices no, are media. being made um i described my mental state today as hang on by a thread made of dunkin donuts and i cannot think of anything more accurate to my current state that being said drew 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 i mean the, at least Allison, at least you are not the following individuals Drew Barrymore, Ashton Kunis, Ashton Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, or Mila Kunis, or Joe Jonas. I mean, truly, all of those people need to fire. Or Jimmy PR Fallon. Teams, or Jimmy Fallon. Although I don't feel like he has responded to the ba- like to no, whatever. No, his PR the issue person is. was like, you "Shut your fucking mouth." Yes, his PR person is doing their job I because say- yes, like he's in the shit, but like he's not responding in a way where everybody is like, "Shh." No, 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 no. Oh, I, Russell Brand also needs to fire fire his PR team. No, mm-hmm. Here's how I feel about Russell Brand. Russell Brand hopped on and made that YouTube video without telling his PR team, and then they all fucking died. Also, if you were his PR team, you'd be like, this is dark yeah, and done. I quit. Yeah. If you were his PR team and the woman who had accused you of assault um had text messages to prove that you admitted to that i'd be like oh buddy boy like i don't know what a lawyer or a pr person does at that point it's like i enjoy prison i guess i don't know get you the best deal you can get yeah like i hope like they'll put you in with danny masterson and you guys can commiserate for the next 30 years bijou phillips bijou phillips is having a bad week um i do feel like we have been doing this podcast for I don't know, a fuck time of time at this point. And I feel like we're always like a step behind whatever like the moment is. Like, I feel like we're always like, oh, we should do this movie or, or like do this thing because of this thing. And then like it comes out two weeks later and it's like passed. And I feel like finally we did we've it like by accident. By accident, we hit upon a movie that stars Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon when they are having the worst weeks of their lives. I do want to say of Jimmy Fallon that expose was bad. I it's not surprising. I have not heard great things about working on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. He is recording a podcast, all of which the proceeds are going to his 
his out of work crew. No, I don't think that was his idea. I like to think it was Seth Meyers' idea, and all the other guys were like, "Well, we got to do it," you know. Like Myers and Colbert were like, "We have a way to do it," and the guys were like, "I guess we got. I guess we can't be the assholes who don't do it." That being said, he is uh, more strike solidarity than uh, Drew Barrymore. Real, just, ma'am, you know that this is the Drew Barrymore stand podcast. We love her. I tried to find yes. reasons why I was, I was like, look, she's putting her crew to work in this. You did. Day. You tried real hard. Well, it's also because like, I, it's a WGA show because there's a way to think about it. It's not correct, but like where she herself is not a scab, but she actually is like, because she's proceeding without writers um, except that then like the words she say still have to get written so like she is then performing struck work and is therefore a scab i don't know if her hosting duties are covered under sag they're probably not but and either way it's like you're an actor like going up on it like i it it's that part is murkier she had the show had she not like gone back on the deal like would have been scabbing um i also think that like what really didn't serve her well was like she made the announcement and then like released this video where she like doubles down and she's like this has just been so hard for me yeah. like it's so bad for me and everybody was like ma'am well it's also you're like, like the- a multi-fucking millionaire and the way to think like, about it from like fun. an empathetic standpoint is like well because of the results of these two strikes there are so many unrelated or like non-WGA and SAG members, like all of IATSE is out of work. Like everybody's out of work. And I I, I would like to think of Drew Barrymore as someone who's like, well, I want to put my crew back to work. Um, And that I can be empathetic for because there are so many crew members who this isn't their fight. Although what I will say is like, if they are going to treat us this badly, we are the most visible unions. How the fuck do you think they're going to treat you when it's your time? Like, mm-hmm. I understand this is really hard, particularly on the people in other unions but like the studios, the P- I know from firsthand experience, the people the studios come for first are the lowest paid. They are constantly trying to gut crew and PA uh, like money and benefits. So like the the better deal we get out of this, the better it will be for everyone in the long term. That being said, I also understand people being like, my crew is out of work and I want my crew to come back. Also, Drew Barrymore is gapping and you shouldn't, we are... I, I know it's bad. I know it's hard. I am hanging on a thread made of Dunkin' Donuts. I really get it. We gotta, we gotta keep going, and we can't settle for shit deals because we're tired, and that sucks. Yeah, um, it does. That's what we'll say before we start this streaming episode about her recent controversy, which is like, don't do it, Drew. Don't do it. Yeah, and she did finally back down. So there's that. A PR um, person got through to her. Yeah. Um. You know, I uh, I will say that the recent spat of celebrity insanity is entertaining. So at least there's that. We're talking about Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon and the movie Fever Pitch, which came out in 2005. I have no idea who wrote or and or directed it, but it is it, based yeah, on a Nicholas Hornby book. It was directed by the Fairley Brothers. It's like the least Fairley Brother thing I've ever seen. No, not yeah, a no. not a like dirty joke in sight. It was written by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, which is a very fun name to say. Um, and based on a book by Nick Hornby. I watched the first five minutes of the British one, which is not realizing what you're doing. Peacock. Well, I I voice searched Fever Pitch. Um, it brought it up with a little like thumbnail picture of Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon, and then. So I like clicked it and it was like, watch for free. Peacock clicked that. And then it started. And then I watched it. And then it said Colin Firth. And I was like, oh, that's fun. And then it kept going. And I was like, and I hadn't seen Drew Barrymore or Jimmy Fallon's names. And I was like, oh, I must have been looking down and like missed their names first. And then he showed up looking so young. And I was like, and everyone was, and we were clearly in England. And I was like, I've made a wrong turn somewhere. Yeah. I do want to watch that one though. At least I didn't pay for it. Uh... Allison, what were your predictions about this movie? I don't think I'd ever seen this movie. As noted really? as a fact, we're like five minutes into it, I was like, this isn't the one where she's dating Justin Long Long Distance, right? Like, I like 
We specifically picked it because it's a baseball movie, Allison. No, I know. And I knew that. I knew it's baseball, but I was like, but also there, but I thought maybe she was also long distance in this. Anyway. Yeah. I predict, I don't know that I, like, if I knew it was going to be good. I think, like, part of my confusion is that it has a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, again, like, by the practical magic measure, insane. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other way I've been indoctrinating Ben um is we watched uh bad sisters which if you haven't seen it is a very good show on apple tv plus and i was like i was like oh yeah i i was like looking at some reviews because i was looking at something and i'd already seen it and i was like and there's all these reviews and the premise of bad sisters is four sisters plotting to kill their abusive brother-in-law so there's like shades of it's like I said, if they made this show without watching Practical Magic, I'd be very surprised. And I was like, a lot of the criticism was also like tonal blending because it's a Sharon Horgan show. Mm-hmm. So it's like funny and they're really bad at trying to kill him. Like it always goes wrong. And Ben was like, I, I oh no, total dissonance. And Ben was like, I think these like crackpot reviewers are are mistaking like tonal dissonance with tonal blending. And I was like, mm-hmm. Just like, and he was like, yeah, no, I've got it hurt. Now I can be my thesis on What's the common denominator in movies where that happens? Uh-huh. That's what I said. I was like, yeah, it's because it's movies, it's male reviewers who are upset that they've been able to for so long use women's pain and rape and their saviorism as like tools for their show. It's like fucking true to like, I can't watch another show where like the opening is like dead raped woman strung up on a tree and these like down on their luck hard scrabble male cops are going to figure it out and this is a show where like women are taking control of their own abuse and also we're doing it with humor and lightness because that's the only way to fucking survive as a woman in this world and men don't like it because then they don't get to be the heroes in our story anyway this is my thesis okay. thank you for coming to my TED talk that being said um, this movie has a higher score <laughs> right so oh, let me say this about this movie I think that when I saw this movie in 2005, I fucking loved it. I there is something really like we're baseball girlies, and there's something so there's something very charming about it. about it. We also we the collective we the proverbial we feel very differently about Jimmy Fallon these days than we did in 2005. Allison, I've always been a Myers girly. Sure. But, like, I remember feeling like he was so fucking charming in this movie. And this time around, I was like, I think Jimmy Fallon may be the least sexiest human being I've ever, or sexy oh human being I've oh ever seen. Oh, my God. These two have no chemistry, or do I just find uh, Jimmy Fallon completely asexual? Yes. There is nothing about him. And I sort of remember, I've never really had a crush on Jimmy Fallon. And I am a person who, like, loves a comedy person like loves a comedy boy and I think that's because he's not funny but like I remember the time when we were kids where people were like obsessed with Jimmy Fallon like biggest crushes on Jimmy Fallon and I was like his whole shtick I don't think I knew I don't think I was verbalizing it like this then but I was like his whole shtick is being like and then laughing at himself yeah but to talk about a problematic person Horatio Smith like I was like here's why I think Seth Meyers' greatest choice was always being like, yeah, I'm not an actor. That's not what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. He knew it. He knew his strong suit. And that's why he's, I guess they're both like monetarily successful, but that's why I think Seth Meyers is better at what he does is because he like. He's more like well-liked in the zeitgeist, I feel like, also than Fallon. Like a nicer person, but I also just think he's better at their job. Yeah. I do think that like the there the dialogue of this movie is fairly well written, if not necessarily delivered by two people who have any chemistry. Um, I think that the story has its charms. We'll talk about like the man child of it all, but like the yeah. story has its charms. Um, and it follows a very like it it sticks to the rom-com formula in a way that I think works very nicely and is like very well paced. So like, I understand why this movie got good reviews in 2005. I feel like people are over Jimmy Fallon at this point, which like I say that, but like he still has a very popular 
tonight show so yeah like, what the, fuck the thing do I is, know? is like i think you and i like i don't mean to be like well in middle america because like what you know, whatever like real america but like i do think that there is an appeal to him amongst boomer moms yeah it's like they love jimmy fallon and randy rainbow and god bless them right yeah no i get it um, um the number so- of women in their 70s in my life liberal women in their 70s who love oh my god the way that the boomer moms love randy rebo i it is there is a boomer woman in our life who shall remain nameless who described him as the greatest satirist since christopher guest i those two people aren't even in the same like universe as far as i'm concerned i was like what that's the meanest thing anyone's (laughs) ever said about christopher christopher guest is like i'm sorry who we of course all because like i don't know what you're talking about i'm gonna go back to being christopher but also like what anyway yeah. randy rainbow anyway. love jimmy fallon i mean because they love someone they love like an attractive man who's like blah, 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 you know right yeah so anyway like yeah, hey, jimmy, fallon, okay. jimmy fallon is very jimmy fallon in this movie and I feel like that's a thing that worked well in 2005 and now it's kind of like I don't I don't get it like Jimmy Fallon suggesting sex to Drew Barrymore is like pouring a bucket of cold water on me I just it, it no I really hope I get drier by like me not yeah like me not liking forget about like what he's been accused of his his workplace the show in which his name is has been accused of being a very toxic workplace and that is definitely in part down to him it's also in part to many other people but like all that aside i he just he like isn't funny and he doesn't look like he can grow a beard so i don't know why women are attracted to him you have to have one of those two things in my opinion to be attractive you either have to be funny or have the ability to grow a beard and i don't think he has those things and even in the moments when he's funny, like, I just, I don't buy him as, like, the romantic lead. Make yeah. him the best friend. I think he'd be, he's fine as best friend. He's not the romantic lead guy. Yeah. At all. Um, my last note is yeah. he sucks. I feel like we should do, like, a compil. I should find all my notebooks and find, like, how often I wrote down while watching movies. He sucks. Well, I mean, so I think that. <laughs> watching this on the, and again not having read either of the books accidentally doing our nick hornby series high fidelity nor fever pitch yeah but doing this on the heels of high fidelity i mean nick hornby has a a theme he likes to write and about a boy is the same yeah he likes a man child who has to learn how to grow up to be fair the and, difference between this and about a boy and i think high fidelity is that there is a level of learning like it does feel like the man i think about a boy is probably the best example of this but like even in this one like he does attempt to sell his red Sox tickets they're worth over a hundred thousand dollars because they were the premise of this movie is jimmy Fallon inherited these red Sox tickets from his uncle it was the thing in his tough childhood that he did with his uncle and he found he loves the red Sox. He's like an obsessive fan, and that is what his April to October is. And then he meets in the winter and falls in love with Drew Barrymore, and she falls in love with him. And then come April, she has to sort of reckon with this new person he is, and like, are you going to love me as much as you love the Red Sox? All that to be said, like, he does show a level of growth in this that, like, we just sort of said happened in our mentality. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was much more like okay with them ending up together at the end of this movie and like yeah feeling like he actually earned her back as opposed to last episode when we talked about high fidelity and we were both kind of like what like that he didn't said, do anything to earn her back high fidelity is a better movie they're so i don't know that you could even compare them they're so different i just think high fidelity is like yeah i i don't know it's probably the more interesting of the two movies yes but I did um, want to mur- murder Jimmy Fallon less than I wanted to murder John Cusack. But even Jimmy Fallon, I was like, bruh, listen, I am somebody who is married to somebody who loves a team on par with how much he loves me. Right. Um, so. 
Xavier basketball. Okay. Um, so like I get it, but even but like there's still choices that Jim and I I get that that's part of the growth and that's the story that we're telling and he's like getting there, but like this is a 30-year-old man. And I feel like there there's a balance to strike that. Like, yeah, it's also just like he is a child, and I get like he has a job, he has an apartment, but it's like decorated and all like sports paraphernalia. His closet is all jerseys. Like, it is this very, I think, like early odds thing of like, like this couple ended up together and had children, and she refers they had two children, and she refers to her three children, including her husband. You know, it's like that sort of thing where like, like the man child, I think, in. 2023 is sort of like something that just has fallen out of favor because women are so yes. fucking tired we don't want to have to raise our partners yeah I think that that's part of it is I feel like because we're having more conversations about like emotional labor and division of labor and division of like domestic labor and all of that I think that there's just less like stomach for man children you know what yeah. I mean um or at least personally like I feel that way um and so like I was watching this movie and I understand that like the whole purpose is that he has this arc but I was just kind of like eh, like I don't like this guy sucks I don't care you know like yeah it's sort of like if I started dating I mean again the, I think the movie it it helps that they start dating in like November or December like they help it helps that they start dating when like it's not baseball season so we can believe she falls in love with him like who he is and then is like already a little too committed by the time march april rolls around like that helped it it wasn't like they meet and she finds out because you'd just be like okay bye like lol um i also think there's a level of like her friend when we have to talk about like the absolute delightful group of women they cast as drew barrymore's friends which was just like let's like grab that (laughs) Truly. 90s and early 2000s, like Brent women. Anyway, it is. Right. Would I lay down my life for Katie Strickland? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm, it's probably. Katie Strickland, Ioni Sky, and, <laughs> and, um, speaking about Mac to Cusack, and, uh, original hairspray. No. Yes? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. She, I think she was, um, Broadway. Like the Broadway revival. Yeah. Um, I can't think of her name. I'll look her up while you tell, talk about what you're. That to be said, about. they're like when the, and, and Drew Barrymore has this like high powered job. Um, you know, she has a very 2005 like rom com heroine, and then like she is marching through her office, like talking about the reports and the new promotion, and and it's and she's in a suit, and it's very like girl boss gatekeep. She's very like, bit yes, she's very girl girl boss gatekeep. Gaslight. I love my favorite thing. I oh god, I'm not gonna know her name. But you know the woman on TikTok that does the like rom-com or she does like the woman in the movie that is this or like the friend that's this. She's so funny. Anyway, I feel like Drew Barrymore like just moving paper around her desk at the beginning of the movie is like is like doing it's like somebody doing a satire of like an early aughts rom-com did feel like they came together. It It did feel like women in the early 2000s in rom-coms were either like girl boss gatekeep power or they owned a bakery and or worked for a women's magazine and there was no in between <laughs> those are the rules no. they have to work for a women's magazine be a high powered whatever or own a bakery end of list um those are the, those are the jobs women can hold um but her uh, friend, marissa jira weinacker thank you Winnaker. was she fact in hairspray or am i being she was i'm right uh, I'm barely certain she was. Keep talking. Um, her friends at the beginning are all like, "Are you really going to date a teacher?" Like, there's a little bit of like classes. Like, he doesn't make enough money to, but and it's like, guys, like this is horrible. He has a good job that he, I assume, he likes and is passionate about. That like really? does good things for them. like. <laughs> and her point is like, it's not like he is just like selling art or something. And it's like, okay, but if what no her point was like he's not just like panhandling and i'm like 
okay, but like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, very like, is does he make <clears throat> enough money for you? There's also so many chocolate that's like, well, they're both 30 and still single. And as a woman who met her partner at 34, no, that's not true, 32. And he was 36. Can I just say like, it, that that one was hurtful. Now, to be fair, we both did have things wrong but you go to therapy and you work through those things and then you become a pro- but then being like what's wrong with them that they're still single at 30 Blech. might as well you yeah. probably just be dead Blech. yeah I um i also love that at like it's clear that like she and her friends are supposed to be like in a different income bracket than him and at the end when like the one husband's gonna buy the tickets for like over a hundred thousand dollars and the woman who was in hairspray is like, can you to Katie Strickland? She was like, Can you afford that? And she was like, Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the other woman was like, Why don't you dress better? That I laughed out loud. <laughs> also, I have to talk about how these four women, Drew Barrymore, her three friends, the only way they hang out, this again, it feels like satire. The only way they hang out is exercising. They're just always in a different exercise class. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. like, because that's what women did in early 2000s rom-coms, or are we making fun of it? It's a Fairly Brothers movie, so, like, maybe we're making fun of it, but also there's nothing else about this movie that suggests it's Fairly's brother. So maybe, maybe they just are. It's like, in every early aughts rom-com, the women commiserate with their friends while doing yoga. And at this one, they're, like, in a spin class at boxing. Like, mm-hmm. they only ever work out together. To be fair, he's always with his friends when they're either playing sports or talking about baseball. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the most gendered 2005 shit I've ever seen. Yes. Yes. One of his friends is played by Willie Garson. R.I.P. R.I.P. That was nice to see him. Um, he was a doctor who at one point when they were trying to get, they were like trying to help him over the fact that he'd broken up with Drew Barrymore and they were like cleaning him up and they're showering him. And I was like, oh, straight male intimacy and then they made a joke about William Garson shaving his balls and like he was doing this like it looks like he was washing his balls with the arm and then he pulls up a razor and I was like you that poor man's balls have been ripped to shreds if that was the method you were using when they meet he's like bringing his math students to Drew Barrymore's office because he wants to show them like somebody in a career doing math which is very, love that, love that real world experience. But um, she's like a data analyst and she's working on a project to help her client make private jets more, more affordable. Private jets more affordable. Um, So that doesn't hold up. Private jets don't hold up. Well, they don't hold up uh, environmental wise. And also like, they're not affordable. No. Now Perfect. celebrities, allegedly, celebrities do have like, what I think is a ride share situation where you can be like, I'm headed here on my private jet. And then like different celebrities who don't like they, they, they share jets and they have like a jet service so that they're sharing and they don't each have to own their own private jet. Just so, you know, thoughtful of them. Um, but yeah, I did think that was funny and I did. I am afraid of private jets. I don't want to fly on one. Um, we get some like fun, like I'm not like other girls action. Very when, cool girl stuff happening. Yes. When he's like, so we're headed into baseball season and like this is a big deal for me. And like I'm a big Red Sox man. And she's like, Oh, you've dated those girls that are like, ooh, pay attention to me. I like hate that girl. And I'm like, bitch, why are you throwing other women under the bus? Like here's the note I wrote. Little do you know you're gonna be that chick in six months. Ugh, um, women who want things also- gross. Also, yeah, women, women who are expressing their, their wants and feelings. Well, to be fair, maybe this is maybe I'm giving this movie too much credit. Later in the movie, her friends are sort of like, "You're just sort of they don't, like taking on his personality and likes." Like, what about you? And it's sort of like, "Yeah, don't be that girl who doesn't express the things she wants and needs because she doesn't want to upset her partner." Yes, and she you does gotta, ultimately. Yes, because she's going to make the motion as they always do. The other thing is, I was like, "You're telling me." In the entire city of Boston, there's not some, like, donkey's loving girl who's like, ah, yes, you have season tickets to the Red Sox. Let me be your partner for every single fucking game. I do not believe it. I don't believe it. His little family of Red Sox fans, like, the only one, I guess there's one heterosexual woman, and then there's, like, two, then there's, like, what I presume is a lesbian couple. Yes. Um, Because one of them's lost 200 pounds since October. Right. Um, Because she had her stomach stapled. It's 2004. Um, but yeah, it's sort yeah. of like there, it's Boston. Like there are 
like people love the red like you can find someone to go to games with you who would love that and who would make that her whole personality like you've made this her whole personality right but if you're going to fall in love with a woman who that isn't her personality then you also have to like go to her friend's birthday and her work functions and support her life and can't just expect her to give up everything to be a red sox fan it's crazy um I did. So I do love that this movie is like actually filmed in Fenway. Like all of the baseball stuff is like actually filmed in Fenway. Or at least it looks like it is. There is a lot of green screen work happening at the end of the Gary. Oh, yes. At the end. But like, well, when she's like running across the field. But like, I feel like. I would I would imagine they were in Boston for much of it. Yeah, it did make me text Jeff and say I want to go to a game at Fenway Park. I, why? I was like I've never been to Fenway. I would love to go to Fenway. Uh, yeah. I also then was like oh I'll be home in October. We can go to a White Sox game and then I remember that our team is fucking trash and there's no way we're still playing in October. They're not going to be playing baseball in October, no. No, 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 no. Um, I did think like how how did this movie come about because it is about, it came out in 2005. The Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. And the Miss movie posits that the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004 because she stopped him from selling his season tickets. And then they went to all the games. Like, they were the good luck charm and broke the curse of the Bambino, right? How quickly, like, was this movie in process before that? And then when they won the World Series, they were like, got to do a quick little rewrite because you can't miss that. Or did they write yes. it very quickly? No, I'm time. almost certain that they rewrote. So, like... I- I should have Googled this, but I re- I feel like I remember that the original ending is that the Sox lose, right? Because the Sox lose. And but they want each other. Because, you know, like, but it doesn't matter because like, it's just a game and like they found love or whatever. And then literally like they were in production for this movie and the Sox won the World Series and they were like, we have to do rewrites and reshoots. Yeah love it i love it even more that the and then i do think that some of the shots of drew barry there are world series shots were at they did send them to like the world series game yeah there are like and they use they have like actual footage of those games yeah the fever patch ending has changed after the red sox win well that's fun I had thought the Red Sox won in 06, and then I was very confused about the timing because the White Sox won in 05, but they won in 04. I don't know who won in 06. Phillies, maybe? I think it was the Phillies. Oh my God, this is so funny. What? So, are the Fairley Brothers, the Fairley Brothers must be from Boston, or somebody must be from Boston. Or the Raiders are from Boston. So, they were in production in October of 2004. And they were headed into that game and they were, they were like three games up, right. Or they were tied or whatever. And so they, in order not to jinx anybody, they waited until five 30 that night to put Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon on a plane to St. Louis because they didn't want to like assume that they were going to win and jinx it. So they waited as long as they could to put them to send them to St. Louis. I respect I this. fucking love that. That's adorable. I respect this hard. Um, Because I am a person who believes in curses, which is why you're not really allowed to go to White Sox games anymore. No, no. I've been, I've broken. I broke that years ago. When we it's were kids, broken. every time. Now, this may have had something to do with the fact that the White Sox sucked when we were kids. But when we were kids, every time Carrie went to a White Sox game, they lost. It's true. But that's that's been broken for a while now anyway that's adorable anyway yes they rewrote the ending once the Sox looked like they were going to win the world series my husband when i told him that i who is a cardinals fan when i told him that i was watching this movie today he said fuck that movie um the cardinals hate the red Sox. (laughs) that's who they beat in that world series oh i don't care that's not i don't care about that you know Sure. Um, but the Cardinals hate the Cubs. So, you know, like enemy of my enemy, you know? Totally. Um, and Red Sox. Also, like we were raised in a house that deeply hated the Yankees. And also that, like, you know, Sox stick together, I guess. I don't know. Just like we are all, we may be right. different colors, but we are all Sox. Um, that is 
except, you know, if they're playing the White Sox. Anyway. Fuck the Cubs. I do feel like this movie does a good job of capturing, like, the whimsy of baseball. And, like... He's like the smell, like the way he's describing baseball is like the smells and the people and the energy. Like it it does make me very like one of my favorite, my favorite place in the places in the world is like a baseball stadium with a very full Miller light and a hot dog on like a sunny summer day or like a fall evening. Like I love it. I love it so much. We're baseball people. Um, and I do think this movie, like, this movie has a love and respect of baseball while also pointing out, like, this level of fandom for anything is unhealthy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was funny, though, at one point, like, Fallon's, des- Fallon's character is describing, like, why he loves ba- baseball. And he's like, it's always the same. Like, it's always consistent. Yeah. Um, It's a little, like, math in that way. And I was like, bro, baseball's all about about math like they're literally like they go they go together like apples and bananas like all about feel like you missed you you almost got the point and then you like swerved and missed it all about it uh this movie god wait go ahead this movie posits the question what would you do if you had been dating a guy and you're at his apartment and you find bags full of hair clippings and nail clippings Oh my god. But this is on the other thing when they're like, ugh, you can't be single at 30 because remember Bridget or whatever the fuck their random friend's name was who met a guy who was single over 30 and we couldn't figure out why and then we found bags of all his hair and nail clippings from over the years? The answer is kill yourself. Like, you just have to, you know? There's no going back. Run. Fucking run. Like, his, they didn't play it was his hair and nail clippings and not like women's, which I appreciated. Like, he's not a right. murderer. He's just he a wasn't a serial killer. He was just like a disgusting human being yeah yeah um but yikes yikes, yeah. yikes. i this think we also like... causes the question what if men had to grow up what if men had well, to take sure. on responsibility they'd fall in love and get to keep <laughs> they fall in love piece and... of ass like drew barrymore and then a woman does it for them they try to make drew barrymore's family like waspy drew barrymore just doesn't have like want like wealthy wasp vibes to me you know like Katie Strickland, is that her name? She has wealthy wasp vibes. The Southern thing. Her accent was not as thick as this as it is, and the only other thing I've seen her him private practice. Yeah, I think private practice is more akin to her actual voice. I think she maybe had toned it down a little in this. Interesting. Um, at one point, she explains colonization. Yes, I love love she that. Which is, she's claiming that, like, men are colonizing women. <laughs> which, and she explains it as a negative thing, which I think is good yeah. for an early odds movie. It's like, yeah. hey, you don't want that. We don't want, remember when Europeans went into Africa, took all their resources, destabilized the continent, and, you know, like, planted their flag and made them live by their rule. Like, that was bad. It's like, it is bad. There's, like, a thousand yes. things happening no, in no. Africa right now. Probably as a result, you know? <clears throat> Great point. Excellent point. But totally. this, like, white woman explaining colonization to these other white women hilarious it was diverse because two of them had brown hair one of them had curly brown hair and one of them was plus sized ish kind of for hollywood so like truly a diverse group of white women um no one was ever like oh she's fat (laughs) yeah i I mean the the bar for how we treat fat people in movies is literally in hell but i will say this movie never like she was not hired to be like the fat friend. She was no, just she was there to be one of to three be indistinguishable friend. friends. Yes, one of three indistinguishable white women. Yeah, and they gave her a hot out. husband. Constantly work out together. They ever? Yes. I don't remember her husband. Well, that's because they were three indistinguishable white men, but like they were all like decently attractive men. Okay. Um. Uh, Katie yeah, husband like, was the one trying to buy the ticket. He's cute. I've seen him places. Um. Yeah, and they had them constantly working out, and there was never any comment like on her weight, or she was never like the friend who was like, "I'm gonna go eat something." Again, well, the you guys bar exercise. Is... I'm gonna hit the smoothie bar. That, that's the... a, that's like a good two thousand early two thousands like um, joke. The bar is literally in hell, but we did at least manage to. We just let her say lines that weren't about her weight, you know. Good for right. Us. There was what? the comment about how he couldn't recognize his friend because she'd had her stomach stapled. Although I did think. 
the very Jimmy Fallon joke, like, by a doctor, did you do it yourself? Maybe chuckle. Yeah. I, you know, I, and I like, I wish there had been a different joke, but I do think the purpose of it was like, these people only spend April to October with each other. Like, they do not see each other October to March. Correct. Um, on their first, so he goes to pick her up for their first date and she's has food poisoning and he, you know, does the like rom com romance novel hero thing of like taking care of her and cleaning up her vomit and all of that. But he does put a cloth hamper next to her. To I catch. wrote it down. I said, you gotta, first of all, you gotta take the cloth. Like, how are you gonna clean that? Disgusting. A cloth Do you understand that if she had thrown up in there, it would just have seeped out slowly? And it's also Disgusting. like the the cage is like a metal thing. Like you need you need a stock pot. You need a stock pot yes. or a plastic garbage bag. No bag. Like I don't. Jimmy Fallon. He needed a woman. Yeah. Store. He right. also stays there the entire time she's sick, which is presented as sweet, but it's also like this was to be their first date. If I woke up after being sick for like two days and a man was like still in my house, I'd be like, yikes. I mean, I guess thanks for cleaning my vomit, but why are you here? right are you do you have like a fetish for vomit are you obsessed with me what's happening yeah fair she also said that her sick day movie is annie hall which has real cool girl energy i'm a cool girl i love woody allen i just love annie hall so much my sick day movie is ghostbusters is that that uh, we're knocked up I guess I I was sick today and I watched like eight episodes of Real Housewives of New York. So Love I guess I can't judge that for you. Yeah, I mean that's someone caught up on Real Housewives of New York. Mm, I might be. I might still have one more episode. Uh, do you? How do you feel? So have far? you seen the phone phone gate episode? No, what's phone gate? Is that the most recent? Yeah, what's phone gate? These women are so boring. Their drama's stupid. It's so stupid. Just wait. It's so stupid. It does. There's some things that do feel like harken to an old housewives that I appreciate. Like Jessel not knowing Tribeca was a fancy neighborhood. And then Aaron being like, how did you not know Tribeca was a fancy? I live in the most expensive neighborhood in the city. And then it's because Jessel was supposed to be on Real Houses of Dallas. And then when they canceled that, they shipped, shipped her ass to New York. Um, Girl. Oh, really? Yes. Jessel is not a New Yorker. She is from Texas. She moved to New York for the show. Um, oh, I did not know that. Why does she have like such like connections in New York though? Or is that all manufactured too? I think it's all manufactured. Oh. What connections does she have in New York? Well, she like hosted that party and there's like Vogue people at her apartment. I think stuff. probably because she is like a fashion PR person and the reason she's like, well, I had my career was stalled was like, yeah, but she was like Dallas careers. Yeah. Or change like locations. I don't know. Uh, this is not a Real Housewives podcast although maybe it should be because I don't think there are enough not since Bitch Fest decided to be subscription based which was a wild choice but we can maybe take over that market yeah Um, have you been watching OC this season? no oh I would it's too dark over there it's less dark they realized that they were like no more. They were like Tamara's Trumpy son can't be on, and uh, no more DUIs. And then Shannon Door was like, "But what if?" And then got a DUI. Anyway, that. but that won't be featured in the season. What else do you have to say about Fever Pitch? Really interested. Justin was originally cast for Real Housewives of Dallas, and Bren is an LA influencer who was supposed to be on VPR. Bryn is friends with Pandy. That's how Bryn got. Bryn is, and she's talked about this, is like uh, friends with Pandora, Lisa Vanderpump's daughter. Um, I can believe that Bryn was also like a New York-y girl because she's talking about all the men she almost married. She has like New York influencer energy, but I can't believe that Bravo thought Jessel was interesting enough to like move her to a different franchise. Because yikes. You don't like Jessel? I don't. I Is don't it because like it's too personal that she had twins? Did you also not sleep with your husband for a year and a half after having twins? 
I don't think it was that long. And then we, I mean, we definitely had a dry spell after having our kids. I don't think that that's like the craziest thing I've ever heard. I do think that she and her husband don't like each other. No, I think that of Aaron and Abe. Don't oh, see, too I much. Those two don't know how to function without the other. Oh, I think he hates her. I think she's obsessed with him. I think he's, I think he's, he gives me big old, he's cheating on her vibes. That might be fair, but I don't think he'd ever leave her. No, 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 because he doesn't know how to like make a lunch. He can't like raise children without her. But he's definitely cheating. And she's like, we are so in love. I couldn't not imagine going a year and a half without sex. We fuck each other constantly. And, you know, she's just annoying. She's just like "Mm, my perfect life. Also, they still own like a million dollar home in Dallas. She was on the market. That's confident. You really think you're coming back for season two? They own two, like two properties in Dallas. They're renting their apartment. It has. It has. It's... No wonder he's like, we're not sending our kids to some like posh New York preschool. We're not staying here. Like, she's confident she's getting season two. I bet they don't do big changes for season two. I truly. I think you should keep the cast the same for the first two seasons, and if you can't survive that, then. Yeah. You can't uh... like revamp a revamp, you know. I do, to, to me, she is the most uninteresting of the bunch. What, like, what is Sai doing now? Other than demanding food everywhere she goes? Which I get, I understand. Like, I also, I'm not saying an event where you're not feeding me. That's not a personality trait, Sai. I'm so sorry to say. I also think um, it was giving us nothing, but she could stand there and I'd watch her, so I don't care. And she's funny. She's funny, at least. She she starts to bring it in the next in the episode you have not seen yet so far she's but, truly done nothing but i'm like you're so beautiful and and you say funny things so like she is really funny, i think um aside at least like i like to look at her clothes and i feel like she, she's a shit stirrer i feel like jessel's just kind of like there like I'm and then says like stupid her. shit and like gets in trouble for that but like what? I said she just wants everyone to like her and doesn't Say that again? know. How. She wants everyone to like her and doesn't know how. Yeah, I mean she's just kind of clueless, I guess. But I also I cannot for the life of me figure out what the fuck Jenna is doing there. No, I don't get it. I don't get it at I all. I think it, there's like, like a part of it that's raising us to a different level, but it's also like, are you just bored? Did you not understand? Did Andy Cohen watch you kill someone and now you owe him a lifetime? Like, truly, like, what does Andy Cohen have on you that you agreed to this? You don't need this. No. Right? Unless, like... And she's not super willing, which I... To let us in on her personal life, which isn't fair if you're going to go on a reality show. Like, I like I think that's a totally fair and understandable, like, personal thing. I, I wouldn't either. But it's also, like, then don't agree to go on houses in New York. You're gonna be here. You gotta you gotta give us shit. She also just does not seem to like be on the same. I just feel like she's I don't believe she's a member of this friend group. Now obviously no. they none of them were friends before this, but part of the conceit of real housewives is that you have to believe these women could be an organic friend group, even though they almost never are. Right. And I like she is not a member of this organic friend group. She also, like, I feel like so often the housewives are, like, playing at being, like, part of society. And, like, Jenna Lyons is actually, like, at least from my perspective, like, yes. a major player in the New York fashion community. It like, has what created are you a doing? fun thing where all these women are, like, vying for Jenna Lyons, like, affection, attention, and approval because she's legit. I don't know. Seems crazy. Right. Yeah. She also is, like, she's been through, like, enough like shit and scandals that I feel like she knows how to like play PR so she's not gonna like do anything on the show that elicits any kind of like scan you know like whatever she's gonna say also can I say something dramatic I also would fly business if given the option all these all these bitches being like I can't believe she wouldn't fly with us because she didn't want to fly coach I'd be like if I had John Lyons money you would never catch me in coach (laughs) never never like, 
I don't believe they wanted to either. I I don't believe that Jenna Lyons has flown coach since her 20s. Also, I know that the way J. Crew in the 90s was flying her coach no what it was is these women are stupid and didn't realize it was an option because these shows always work when they go on cast trips bravo pays for their plane tickets but they pay for coach plane tickets and you have the option to upgrade to business or first if you are willing to pay that price now this is like on beverly hills they'll take someone's private jet because someone has one but like these women bravo was like okay here's your flight information here's when you're leaving it's a coach ticket jennifer lyon saw that and was like nah dog and someone in production was like, you're free to upgrade if you want to. She did it. And all the other women are just pissed. They didn't have, they didn't know that was an option. Because, yeah. And now they believe- can't like make it look like they were rich enough to fly coach too. They're like, right. you just all wanted to fly together and be together. No, you didn't. You didn't, you didn't understand the rules. Do you have anything else to say about Hive Daily? We've been talking about Real Housewives for like 20 minutes. I have so much more to say about Real Housewives, but I do not have anything more to say about Fever Pitch other than... Um, Did I say High Fidelity or Fever Pitch? What week is it? <laughs> you said High Fidelity, but I didn't hear it. So, um, Except oh. that when Nick Drake's Northern Sky started playing, I was like immediately back in 2005. Did I not text like, you this fucking Nick Drake song? I just know exactly when in time we are. <laughs> um post garden state world listen i with a garden state actor nonetheless um who one of his friends um this movie has its charms it it feels gonna watch it again you know it feels dated in 2003 it feels dated from a different time if you will and to the days of your the days uh, when jimmy Fallon and drew barrymore do better that's all what I have to say. Okay. Do better. Higher, better PR. Not you, Jimmy Fallon. They seem to be doing the Lord's work. Good yeah. job on them. Because people seem to have forgotten that you run a toxic program. Okay. okay. Allegedly. What are we watching next? It's We're headed into fall. Spooky season, babe. Yeah, I think this was our intro to fall because it was going to be like baseball season. It's true. Yep. All right. So um, we're trying next. to plan seasonally. Uh, next, we're watching Death Becomes Her. I'm sure there's going to be problems. I don't care about them. It'll be perfect. Join us in two weeks for Death Becomes Her. Our September Patreon will be out a little bit late. It'll be out in the beginning of October. It will be the Emma Roberts classic, Little Italy. Um, Bye. Mm, Thank you. Bye.